0: Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond
1: Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au
0: forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks guys. Hello and welcome to the Listix AFL podcast, I'm your host John Van Norden, and here with me as always is Sean Lewis. Sean, how are
1: you doing this week, mate? Going well, mate. Um... Big way to change for both of us, I guess personally, but we won't really touch on that. You don't, you don't want to touch on it. No, you um, touch on it, touch on it next, next week. Yeah, maybe next week. Or sensitivities around, <laughs> <laughs>
0: sensitivities around it. Okay, then that's I completely understand that, and, and uh, probably the same
1: for you, just for the moment. Yeah,
0: oh, well, I'm. Yeah, I'm probably a bit free to talk, but I can. Well, let's just wait, and we'll do it all in uh, next week's podcast. That's easy. Yeah, but how are you anyway? I'm good. Things are going really good. Um, Chaos, but good. Yeah, good. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's been been hectic finding time to write, um, write and research for some of our longer podcasts. So we are um, we are sort of trying to do them, um, but we, and we will get through them. I think we're going to get through one this week. Um, but I guess we're going to try to focus on some of the things that are immediately happening as well. After all, our podcast is focused on. Uh, list managements and change, um, so that involves the draft,
1: the trade period, the free agency period, which two of which are open right now. Absolutely, I mean um, obviously we are at the moment recording this on a Wednesday, it's about four o'clock, um, trade period officially opened on Monday, um, and to date we've had a few free agents and the, the big trade um, went down uh, with Tim Kelly, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, work through that in a minute, but I guess from a, from a list management perspective, uh, perspective, probably, um, best to just start with the mechanisms of, of changing your list in this period, um, and how they go about it. And then from there we can discuss a little bit more in depth about the particular, um, acquisitions that have been made. So, um, all right, as a list manager, mate, free agency, how does it work?
0: Yeah, our free agency is um, pretty simple. If there's a free agent from another club, um, we're yet to... Oh, if there's a free agent, there's two forms of free... Or three forms of free agents, un- unrestricted, restricted, and delisted. Yeah. Um, I think delisted sort of operate on the same basis as unrestricted, where they can just move freely to a club of choice, uh, whereas a restricted free agent can have a matched offer from the, uh, from the club that they were originally signed with, effectively retaining them. Uh, we've never seen that happen though so effectively we have a pretty unrestricted free agent
1: market yeah I think with the um, uh, restricted free agency they have to be in the top 25% of your pay earners on your list Um, so therefore you can pretty much determine who's restricted as to where they kind of sit on your club salary Um, and with delisted there's no compensation so with obviously with restricted and unrestricted free agency where they're still on a primary list um there is a form of compensation, which the AFL has a black magic formula um, that is based on the size of the contract, the years offered, the age of the of the um, particular um, person moving. Uh, and where I think even there was some talk about even where they were somehow put uh, picked in the draft is somehow in there but we don't really know what the formula is and the AFL's reluctant to release that formula probably on the basis of um, they like kind of having the ability to I guess um, I don't want to say manipulate the draft but it kind of works that way I guess manipulate the the compensation based on a club's performance so we saw obviously with, with James Frawley Melbourne got pick 3 um, whereas Sydney got pick. Eighteen or whatever it was for Buddy Franklin. Oh, sorry, Hawthorne got pick 18 or whatever it was for Buddy Franklin. Um, So, yeah, really the AFL's formula is is up to them, but generally speaking, um, it's based off salary and the the contract offer. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, we can jump into a couple of examples because we've had a couple at the start of this year. One One thing I will say um, just before we dive into it because there will be some discussion on compensation. I made a note when the AFL announced the first... Compensation uh, they'd announced, which I believe was for Brandon Alice. Yeah. Um, in that trade, they actually said uh, based on the 2019 compensation um, for 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 players. So I think that the 2019 formula might be slightly different, and uh, we can we can look at it. But it's definitely looking like uh, it's weighted further towards the back rather than the front, which is what other ones have been with a lot of end of first round or first round and second round compensation picks whereas that's
1: slightly different this year so I do I do like I like them reducing the compensation I guess because I think which we'll we'll discuss in this podcast um, I guess we're both probably believers that um, uh, a free agent move um, probably shouldn't benefit um, shouldn't shouldn't impact the draft the way it does Yep. So, anyway, um, the first the first one and um, our first, I guess, registered um, trade period mo- movement was Brandon Ellis to the Gold Coast. So, Gold Coast uh, signed Brandon Ellis to a reportedly uh, four-year deal, I believe, or maybe it was five, um, and Richmond received pick 39, which was a second-round compensation pick directly after their yep. pick. Yeah. Um, as the compensation now I believe Richmond's challenged this on the basis that they thought they would probably get an end of first round given I think the Brandon Ellis um, contract is fairly similar to Scott Lysette yep. maybe a little bit less money we don't really know yep. um, but it's fairly similar to Scott Lysette which netted West Coast an end of first round pick last year so um, I guess for Richmond if they had a finish mid-table this pick wouldn't be pick 39 it would be pick 30-ish um, because it's a second round compensation pick. It comes directly after your second round pick. Yep. So it's really tied to your performance and given they won the premiership it's obviously a very low pick.
0: Yeah I mean I don't think that, I'm like, pretty sure even if they have lodged something about this, the AFL's not going to change their mind on it. It's pretty cut and dry um, and straightforward. I, I wouldn't think that they would even, no, they're not, not going to consider anything like that. No. The, I mean the only thing as I said is that take into account that it's They when they mentioned it, they said the 2019 um, free agency compensation. So I I th- I do think that they are making an active um, move to I guess adjust backwards so that clubs like Richmond don't just let players go because they want
1: extra draft picks. Yes, draft, draft picks more than probably what the trade value for that player would be. Well, because they because they're the premiers, their players will naturally have a higher value in the market being premiership players. Yeah. Um, So, and and Brandon Ellis is a great example of that so next up we had uh, oh before we do that what is Brandon Ellis bringing to Gold Coast I think it's I think it's personally I think it's a great move for Gold Coast
0: yeah I mean he's a he's a fantastic carrier of the ball Um, and he's definitely a link player but I mean ultimately for the Suns They're recruiting somebody in the same window as, I guess, the original players that they all recruited. So he's 26 um, and he's a midfielder that's played over 100 games. So really just trying to add some um, mid-list experience um, and quality in there. He's probably um, not the best player in the competition. I don't think there's any doubt that he's got his flaws but he's definitely a uh, best 15 player at Gold Coast and that's what they have to
1: just keep doing is just improving that um, the middle of their list. Well, personally, I love it. I think he's going to bring a lot to them. I think, um, I mean, as a running player, um, I think he's going to add a lot to Gold Coast. He, I mean, they lost Adam uh, Adam Saad? No. What was the side they lost? They lost Saad. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, yeah, they. Lost, anyway, they lost Sard off the half-back line. Um, they also uh, kind of don't really have any uh, really strong wings. Yeah, I know they're playing. They've been playing Jack Bowers out there. They've been. They've uh, tried with um, uh, uh, Ainsworth, I think, as well. Um, they've, so they've been they've been trying different things, and I think that Ellis can play either halfback or wing straight away for them, and he's an instant upgrade on what they have. And for Bowles, it allows him to go back to the middle, which is I think that's really important for them. Yep, um, it's very important that he becomes a, a really crucial part of their in, their midfield because he's he's an extremely talented young. young he's a good player. player. He's a really. I mean, he was killing it at the start
0: of the year. The player we are trying to think of was Ahmed Saad, and Ahmed, Ahmed Saad, Saad was, yeah. the, was the one that was
1: from St Kilda and that's right. not known playing football. Yeah. So Adam Saad is yeah. the one they lost. So, um, yeah, look, I think it's a great move from them. And, and as you said, it hits the spot on their list where they've probably lost a lot of players. Yep. Um, and yeah, so for them, um, yeah, really they, good. Yeah,
0: if they thicken out the middle of their list and also just show to all of their young players that they're going to start keeping people, um, they're going to bring people to the club that will help them get better. Mm. Um, It'll just help their attention going forward.
1: Yep. Next up is uh, Cam Ellis-Yolman up to Brisbane. C-E-Y, yeah. I mean, um, where to start with this one? I think uh, he was delisted at the end of 2017 um, and put on the rookie list. I think he did a knee. Um, And then 2018 uh, came back and they then promoted him back to the main list, I think. Um, Yep, they did, yeah. And then he's uh, signed a one-year deal again. um, And then he's now... Uh, moving to Brisbane on a three-year deal, I think, or four-year deal, or something. So. Yeah,
0: so they received a third-round compensation pick, which ends up being forty-eight. Which I mean, I think is pretty ridiculous. Um, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, um, because ooh, yeah, yep, go. Because they delisted him, doesn't like I, yeah, yeah, fair call. like I, I think that if you were delisted by the same club that you were then leaving as a free agent because as soon as you get delisted you become effectively an unrestricted free agent for life. Because as soon as you well, get that's
1: the that's the rules they're trying to bring in, yeah. That's
0: the rule that's in. So because he was delisted, that's the reason he's a free agent. Oh, okay. Um yeah. so he's an unrestricted free agent, so he could move to a club of choice because he was delisted. So he was a free agent, I believe, in the middle of last year as well, until he signed that one year deal. Okay. Um so he definitely is a free agent, and because they delisted him, I
1: don't believe that they should have got any compensation for him. Yeah, I mean, look, like I, I agree. The whole compensation <laughs> in itself is something I don't really agree with. Um, I think if they're going to continue with it, then if a top eight team pinches someone from a bottom 10, 10 team, yeah. they lose their first draft pick if the player warrants a first draft pick. So you effectively force it as a trade. And similar to MLB, um, yeah.
0: Major League Baseball has that exact same thing. They still do have priority, not priority picks, they still have compensation on top of that. And it's a, it's actually a, a, it's a really good system, you wouldn't necessarily agree with it, I don't think, but it's a great system for regeneration because if, as you said, a player goes from a bottom club to a top club, the top club... Gives the bottom club their draft, their first round pick, and they get a compensation pick after their selection as well. So, Mm, if if like if it was Gold Coast last year with Tom Lynch walking to Richmond, Richmond finished what fourth last year or third? Third. Um, Gold Coast would have gotten pick two, which they did, or pick three, or I think it was pick three, and they would have received Richmond's pick. So, it only happens for first round selections. But you get like a double compensation effectively. You get early, like an early compensation. So if it's a bottom 10 team, they're getting a almost another top 10 pick and mm. they're taking the pick away. The important thing is more taking the pick away though from that top team because otherwise
1: the top yes. teams just keep getting stronger. I mean, you look at you and Richmond's recruiting has been fantastic and that, yeah. that's the real credit we've got to say here. They're, while their recruiting has been fantastic, they've also been able to bring in a huge free agent in Tom Lynch. And then go and select Riley Collier Dawkins with the pick. I know, and it's and it's kind of like you sit there and you go, well, the rich do get richer here. Yeah. Um, and same thing with other clubs. I mean, um, other clubs when they've lost when they've lost players like you know, um, who was a big creator. Uh, well, there's obviously the Frawley one. Um, we've had um, Buddy. Buddy, yeah. So I mean, there's been a couple of big ones, and you, you know, I mean, buddy, going from top team to top team, you go fine. Let's just fine. let it happen. For allie though, which was bottom team to, to top, top team, team, that's just that, all that. I mean, you know, Melbourne got pick one or got what pick two as a compensation or three, that no, three as a compensation pick, but you know, you've lost your best defender, yeah, and effectively we're going to be shit again next year because of it. So. Yeah. Um, not that one t- player makes a team, but, you know, when you lose one of your best players. And especially that restricted free agent, because they're the top 25% of your list. Yeah, and the Hawks... 25% of your list is the top 15. Hawks were still able to use that pick as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, overall, compensation itself is not something I'm a big believer in. I know John probably doesn't mind it if it favours the bottom team for G- regeneration, like the MLB system. Yeah. Um, I think the club the AFL should just do away with it, but protect the, the bottom clubs, I guess. Um, there needs to be some mechanism in there to protect them. I've heard uh, on the radio people suggest that potentially top four clubs are excluded. I don't really like that. I like them to be included. I, I would more just say you know if you move from a bottom 10 side to a top 10 side the, the top top eight side, the top eight side loses their, their top pick and that's if, if they're big enough, selection and then after that you don't get compensation yeah I agree with that so um but with that um yeah you're right I think uh, you know pretty generous for Adelaide to get a pick for Cam Ellis Yolman especially considering he's delisted he's come out since and said a few things that I think um has probably been speculated in the media for a long time about what happened with the camp and how that um Whatever that um, program was that they were doing, how we felt that disintegrated the club's mentality. It just broke their
0: trust, which was yeah, and it's a lot of um, a lot of success successful cultures are built around trust. So
1: yeah, and and at the end of the day, we're looking at potentially LA having a mass exodus this year, um, and and it could could really shake up their club. Um, it'll force a turnover that they probably. We weren't expecting for another two or three years. And Justin Reid and his team are going to have a, a huge task on their hands this trade period, I think, in trying to keep the list together and, and keep a competitive side out there. But, you know, potentially out of this Adelaide. I mean, Cam- Camelish Elman's the first one. Hugh Greenwood's probably next. Um, but, yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you know, they're not massive losses. If, if they can re- retain their core and some of the younger players can come on, they can still be competitive... It's just going to be if they lose too much of their depth, as in, if they lose Jenkins, Greenwood, and um, Camaros Yaldman, who's already left, and potentially one other around that level of. They quality, can probably hold. They can maybe hold, but it, you're starting to get it's starting to get tough then because you bring well, in four four new players. Those guys were all best twenty two this year.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing, uh, and this is really what we've seen when looking at the data: is that teams teams when they're um, when they're dealing with um i guess new players from a following season um they struggle like when you try and inject three or four new players into your best 22 because it's not just your best it's not just injecting it into your list it's actually your best 22 you're putting it into so you're turning over a high percentage of that best 22 it takes a while for these people to mesh and, and stick the way the rest of the team is and yeah. it's you know, potentially you're talking for Adelaide next year of, of having starting round one with with three to five new faces in their best twenty-two, yep. which will make them a wild card until until they all mesh and gel together. So for for Brisbane, Camilla Yolman, I think is a wonderful pickup. Um, he's going to give a bit of brute strength around the contest to to help out Lockie Neal. I think that Mac, they, they see very clear defined roles in their midfield with. Um, wanting to use McCluggie and Neil um, more on the outside or playing in that inside-outside role. Yep. Um, and they want someone just to crack in and fight um, with Jared Lyons. So I think I'd, like next year I'll expect to see um, Cam ellis and Jared Lyons working together um, around a contest and, and it's really just going to support a lot of their young because they've got really, really young midfield and yeah. they're, they're a real risk of a drop-off next year, a bit like Melbourne.
0: Yeah, they're definitely um, a risk of a drop-off. I mean, I'm probably not as um, as positive on the move for Brisbane. I think that it's fine, um, and he adds depth, but they are risking being a little one-paced, and I know that they have McCluggage and Zorko still there that can break lines, go to the wings, and run, then mm. carry the ball. Um, but if they line up at a stoppage with uh, Neil... Lions and Kamalas Yolman and Barry as well and Barry they're they're getting a little bit one-paced so I uh, I don't think it's necessarily a big problem and I mean Hawthorne didn't necessarily have a lot of pace in their midfield um, they had a lot of pace era. on the outside though. yeah during exactly during that era of dominance but they didn't have they didn't have to worry about that they just got the ball to the outside and let Hill and Isaac Smith do the running so. they they could probably do the same thing Um, the third free agent to move was Adam Tomlinson to Melbourne um, which is a great pickup for Melbourne personally I think Um, just because he he's a player that can play a lot of roles he also I think frees up Tom McDonald to play much more of a stable role Tom McDonald has always been like a you know we'll move him back if we need to just stop the play for 5 or 10 minutes and yep. he can go onto a wing if we need to get him up the ground and he can play some ruck whereas I think Tomlinson can do a lot of that and leave Tom McDonald as a pure stay-at-home forward or a centre-half set, set forward that can roam the ground um, rather than um, anything else.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely, I think as a Melbourne supporter I'm pretty happy with this pickup. up um, he's not an orthodox pure wing um, I know like Melbourne's pretty clearly said they've They've picked him for the wing role. um, And he's said it himself in his press conference, that's what he sees. Um, But I think for for the way we struggled last year in terms of getting the ball out of the back line, um, having an extra tall option uh, in Tomlinson out on a wing is gonna be a big big help to us. As well as that, he gets up and down the ground. Probably the biggest thing for him is gonna be he really needs to make sure um, he's touching the ball enough in the game. So I was having a look through his stats and it's hard because he plays so much all over the place. So when he's playing a lockdown defender, he only gets the ball eight times. Key forward, he only gets the ball eight times. But then when he's playing in the midfield or on the half forward line or the half back line, he kind of spikes up towards about 19-20. He really needs to be averaging 19-20 touches a game for Melbourne to really justify um, why he's on the wing. Um, Because it's we're going to be going through him. He's got an amazing running capacity. Very good runner. Good task-oriented player as well. Yeah, so a really good role player. I'm um, Based on the compensation, you'd probably say Melbourne hasn't broken the bank to get him. Um, yeah, the, the compensation, I'll just cover that quickly. It's an interesting one. So the compensation they received was
0: pick 40, which is an end-of-second-round compensation pick. And I'm fairly certain that end-of-second-round is a new category. I, 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 don't, I don't think it is. I, I'm next to certain that it is. And I, I'll try to find a, a source
1: on that of so the, where compensation can come out. I thought there was always end of... You can either get a pick directly after your pick or an end of that round pick. So that Because uh, there, there was always five tiers. You had tiers. Yeah, first. Yeah, no. Mine was first, end of first, first second, second, third, fourth. No, no, you could never get a fourth. Okay, well, I'll I'll look it up now uh, while we're doing the podcast. So, my understanding was you could get a first, an end of first, a second, an end of second, or a third. Okay. And they were were the five rankings of picks that you could get. Um, But yeah, like end of second round compensation pick, um, I mean, don't know what the formula is, but you'd imagine, you know, Melbourne's probably pay him a little bit above the average AFL wage, but um, not extraordinarily high amount. But for GWS, it's a good thing as well. Um, they That pick they can use yeah. for points. You're, yeah, you're right. Sorry,
0: I've just looked it up then, and I'm, I'm not sure if this has been updated, so it might be just the most recent. But
1: yeah, you're right. First, end of first, second, end of second or third. Yeah, that's fine. So, so I think for GWS, they're going to get a little bit of salary cap relief, obviously next year being a bit of a crunch with Lockie Whitfield, Jeremy Cameron and these sorts of guys and they're just having to pay Stephen Kinglio and, um, and Josh Kelly. Um, so for them, it's a, it's a relief. They get a, another pick which they can use the points to match for Tom Green. So, you know, and, and Tom Green is going to come in and he's going to add something to their midfield um, almost in, immediately if they want it. So, I think in a lot of ways, this is a win for both sides. Uh, Melbourne clearly need a winger, and we need any type of winger we can get. Um, and Tomlinson's a different type. And GWS need cap space and room to move, as well as points. And
0: yeah, uh, I, think, I think this is a win-win. I think that um, originally before the Hill um, offer uh, from St Kilda that he was potentially going to go elsewhere on larger money. Yeah,
1: I think money. he was going to St Kilda.
0: Yeah, on larger money. Um, but that th- things have sort of changed since then um, with the ab- availability of Hill. Um, but I think it's a good move. The only thing I would say, again, is there's probably some reservation as to whether he plays his career on a wing or if he plays the first few rounds on a wing. Um, I think Jer- he's always going to be a swing Jer- man. Jeremy Howe-esque, as in... Get, come to the, come to the club, play on a wing, which is where we want you to play. You get to see him on a wing, and then you actually want to move him into a more of a stable key position role.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it's handled. Um, the Jeremy Howe one, obviously, you're referring to the fact he was calling with solding as a forward, and then they <laughs> said, actually, no, no one got it right, and you were you're a backman. <laughs> um, but no, look, that's fine. I mean, players players aren't coaches, and and coaches know well. No, I shouldn't. Coaches think about where the players need to play, and, and look, I I think uh, for Tomlinson, hopefully they can they'll stick with him on a wing and see what he can offer. Um, but he's always going to have to be a swing man, a bit like Justin Westoff, Like um, Westy lines up on a wing at start of round one most years, um, and then spends a you know a little bit of time up back as a floater, a little bit time down forward as a floater, occasionally hits up in the ruck. So I think if, if Tomlinson can model his game off Justin off, he's going to go a long way.
0: Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, and the final, well, the only trade uh, of the period so far to have gone through uh, was the Tim Kelly deal. So I guess it's not a surprise that Geelong, uh, the first club to make a trade, they are generally mm. trade early in the period uh, or aren't, aren't afraid to trade early in the period rather than hold on. Um, and I think that they've probably done that because West Coast were... Willing to pay overs, um, and and they wanted to do it early. So, I mean, really for me, I felt, we'll go through go through the deal now. So you probably already heard about it, but it's uh, Tim Kelly and a future third round pick, uh, as well as I believe fifty two. Yep. Uh, pick fifty two, so which, yep. which is a third a third round this year, and that comes from Essendon. So Essendon were a third club involved, just to uh, I guess facilitate the exact right amount in the trade uh to geelong so geelong received uh the first round pick which is currently 14 the second round pick currently 24 uh future first round pick which we can assume is probably 14
1: um like if you just assume they finished in the exact same no, position, 15 because you gotta add in the extra pick for gold coast next year top, uh, top yeah, four is yeah. 15 to 19 next yeah week, yeah, so. yeah you're right sorry sorry to be That's technical, but. 15, I, really, I want to get that, jam that in there. And a current
0: third round pick as well at 37. So, that's a start of third round pick. Um, yep. And third round pick, currently 37. That's at the end of the second round.
1: Well, I think it's now been... Sure.
0: No, it's a second round pick. It's just that yeah. I reckon the formula that they've got says... One to eighteen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nineteen
1: to thirty-six. So this is off the AFL website. This is off the AFL right. website, but that's so definitely thirty-seven is definitely a second round pick at the moment. So. Yeah, so it's
0: a second second round pick, but it's a long second round. So, um, and Essendon were involved at that at the side. So, I mean, Essendon definitely win this trade. Not not out, not like not out of all three, but they are the only club to, without a doubt, win because they were able to shuffle up four picks. Shuffle up, yeah. Shuffle down four picks in the fifties and up four picks in the thirties, which That's is a win. great because you would write like if you're going to slide, you are going to do it. You prefer to do it later. So Essendon, yeah. great work. That's a win for you guys. Well done, Adrian Dodora. Exactly. Move on to the next trade, which is the Tim Kelly
1: future third round pick and a current third round pick for. Well, so hang on, hang on, wait. I think you need to isolate the third round picks because by the looks of things, the thirty-seven. 37- and the two Essendon ones and the fifty-two was done to facilitate Jack Stephen, I believe. That thirty-seven will be used for Jack Stephen potentially. But so, like, if
0: if you're just weighing it up right now, because I, I don't want to call it a third round pick, the one that Geelong got, because it's it sort of it's, just, a just, it's a second round pick. But they get two second round picks and two first round picks for Tim Kelly and two third round picks. So that's that's how the deal played out for me. This is West Coast doing a reverse Chris Judd. Yes. They're they're selling the future um, for now. And I mean, they've probably got more of a right to because they were higher on the ladder and have got a proven position in the window right now to win. Carlton didn't. But uh, I, I have a feeling that in five years' time, we're going to be looking back on it's this trade. Yeah, it's going to bite hard. It's going to bite hard. We're going to look back on this trade and be like, that was a, that was a misstep. Yeah. Right player, wrong price. Agreed.
1: Um, I mean, Geelong... <sighs> Stephen Wells and the team at Geelong have uh, probably one trade period on this. For, for If you're talking about a pure trade... For Tim, they're going to lose Tim Kelly no matter what, and they could lose him for, you know, um, not much. Yep. Um, potentially walk to the draft, which you know it's only happened twice, but it's happened, so it's not like it can. You know, Tim clearly was not coming back. Yep. So for for them, what they did is they, I would think that they used um, Fremantle's interests and basically said to West Coast, well. Frio, we've had an initial discussion. This is what it's been framed as. Yep. Um, that's the that's the benchmark. Now you have to find a way to beat it. Yep. And they and I reckon that Essendon coming in late was Geelong going. Uh, if you ever seen the movie Draft Day, yeah. it's the throw in your kicker as well at yeah. the end of the movie. So, um, you know. Oh uh, yeah, don't like I. I'm not underestimating
0: at all that additional. Like I, I mean, it was reported by Mitch Cleary yesterday. Um, that it was going to be something along the lines of 14-24 on a future first plus some late swaps but that late swap being pick 37 which is a a late second round pick I'm not underestimating how big that is because um, I mean you could trade two third round picks for a second round pick You you mean you'd be doing well like most clubs don't don't have that much currency to trade up so they've sent another two third round picks out and got another second round I mean it I think they've done uh, fantastically well out of this Geelong. And so Geelong have effectively,
1: for giving up Tim Kelly. Sean's just entered this into a calculator. Yep. So he's well, working hard. He's uh, given up a third round. So pick. Uh, what was that third round pick from 52? Geelong? 57. Oh, yeah, 57. Yep. And, and what's the other one? Future third. Let's call it the same position. 57. Yep. So effectively. Um, they've given up, uh, West Coast has given up 3,541 draft points, which equates Tim Kelly to pick number one and pick number 34, I believe. Yeah, it's huge That's price. That's a huge price. And Geelong have given up Tim Kelly and 364 points. So, what that would do, you take out the 364 points off the 3,500. And again, you're still, you're still talking... Above um, pick one. Above pick one. Above pick one. a and pick a f- in the 40s, I think. Hang
0: on. No, it'd be a, f- yeah, a fourth round. It won't be a third. It'll be like a pick in the 50s. So what is it? 360. So we call it 200 points. But it's a, uh, it's a king's ransom. Um, oh, the paid. Like, it's a... Uh, I mean, we
1: say this a lot because we said this... Um, well, 200 points is pick 55. So pick one and pick 55 is effectively what um, has been given up for Tim Kelly. Yeah. We said, I said this with Hawthorne last year.
0: Listen, the trade's, trade's fine. The trade for Wingard is a fine trade, but you have to win the flag. Yes. You have to be winning the flag within the next two years, three years really, to make this pay off. And if West Coast don't win a flag, they've really shot themselves in the foot long term as well because... They've just given up all of their access to this draft. And next draft isn't as strong as this draft either. So they're potentially yeah. missing top talent for two full years, which is something West Coast don't normally do. So no, it's very
1: it's very odd. I mean, they've clearly just done they've done the deal to get the deal done so they don't haggle and wait and everything. But Yeah, I mean look like look, if you if you told me I could have Matt Rowell or Nora Anderson versus Tim Kelly, I'd be taking Rowler Anderson. Rowler Anderson, yeah. It's it's, And everyone, you can throw as many stats as you want at me about Tim Kelly. Um, At the end of the day, Tim Kelly is a a very good player. He's probably top 20 at the moment in the AFL, easily. Um, Probably top 10 in his position as a midfielder. Um, But he's 25 at the start of next season. Um, He's, I guess, like... He's shown everything he's going to be. For, for, he's for a, never going to be better. For a, he a twenty-five-year-old, he's unproven as well. Like he's, he's only got two years of data.
0: He's moving for prices that are higher than Shield, Trelaw, guys like this, who Trelaw had had and Shield, both of them actually mm. had had maybe the four, five years of twenty-five plus elite midfield uh, production, and. That's, that's great. That's that's enough to say we're going to bring this player over and they're going to be the exact same player in our system. Kelly Kelly's different. Um, he's going back home. So, listen, I, honestly, I've seen people say that it might actually improve his mental health and, and make him a better player because he'll be closer to home, all that kind of stuff. No. Could, could also do the opposite. Um, I mean... Geelong's environment was I don't, Geelong's I don't, environment was a was a big factor for him being as
1: successful as he is. So I don't think based on the character that he is, I don't think he he shirked it this year. Like he worked as no hard way. as he could no. to make himself the best player possible. And that's what West Coast will get. They'll get a player who works that hard. Yeah. And I think you've seen Tim Kelly, he's gonna be Tim Kelly. Like that's how good he's gonna be. Just as a note I was thinking about it, and going to put it in order of huge prices to pay. Only the Chris Judd deal is bigger than this. So, Lockie Neal, what he moved for? So again, you yep. give me Lockie Neal or Tim Kelly? Yeah, I'm taking Lockie Neal. It, it, like, Lockie, Neal's ex- it, Lockie Neal is a perfect. Lockie Neal, Shield, Trelaw. These so, are all- so. So Shield and Trelaw, I'd take Kelly over them. That's why. That's why I'm saying. Lockie uh, I, Neal. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I have- Shield absolutely. Okay, I have Shield in line with Kelly
0: because every single year other than this year you would have taken Dylan Shield. so there's not enough data to suggest that Kelly is a better player than Shield. not enough data yet Trelaw and um, Neil. Neil were both mid-20s long-term high-production top 20 players exactly. in the competition at the time of moving so those two for me clearly better but Neil's a perfect example the market was set for him last year he was an in-contract player yep. that wanted to move. This is an out-of-contract player what that wanted to What did he go
1: for? Pick five and... Pick, maybe pick six?
0: Uh, it was pick six, not pick five, because that was the pick that was flying around the oh, country. Oh, yeah, that's right.
1: So it was pick six. And then what was the... He went for two, I think. I can't oh, yeah. remember. But to put it into context, all right, Chris Yard trade was pick three. And Josh Kennedy, who was two years into his career... And was a pick four. So you value and, and at the time he was probably valued at about pick four. Yeah. Realistically. So that was four hundred four thousand two hundred and sixty odd points. Um and realistically, um that's the biggest price ever paid. But but Chris Judd had a brown low, he had a premiership medallion, he was captain of a club. You know, you're talking about the best player in the best. The, the, no, there the, wasn't a debate. Exactly. The Chris, best Chris, Chris Judd Chris was the
0: best player and the best prospect. ...to form a new club around. Exactly. if And that's what Carlton were doing, really. They were building a new culture by Rini and Chris Judd... ...and he was going to be their captain. So, completely. You could pick one player, it would be him. But, I... Like, I would struggle to pay pick one for a lot of players in the competition. Maybe mm-hmm. everyone... I think we, I found 10 players. We were doing this recently on Twitter. I think there was 11 players I could find... ...that I believed would be worth that first pick... And they all had to be under the age of 23 and already at either elite levels of production or elite levels of scope. As in, I still included um, Rankin, Rosie, Lekotius, even though Lekotius has had a year. Yeah. I don't think it drops his value. Max King, guys like this. But pick one is worth a lot. And they are traded out more of it. Like, premierships are won by 22 players, not one. Yeah. And Hawthorne didn't... Go backwards when they lost the best player in the competition at the time, Buddy. They yeah. went forwards. They got better because one player doesn't change things that much. It's the depth that's going to count. So for Geelong, I mean, I really hope that they get Jack Stephen, but for them, it'll be one in, one out. Not that great a difference between the two players if Stephen can get back to where he was. Yeah, uh, maybe like a very slight difference they're slightly different players but I don't think it's going to affect it things that much and they get new depth which they yeah. haven't had before with draft picks so I mean for them yeah. it's a
1: massive win so going to this Lockie Neal deal just to say like this is probably where I would value Tim Kelly in this and the market was set Fremantle traded Neal and pick 30 to Brisbane for pick 6 19 and 55 that valued on the points system Lockie Neal as a pick 3 yeah. So if Lockie Neal is valued at pick three, Tim Kelly has been valued at pick one plus pick fifty five. So you know, like that is just a monstrous, um, you know, difference. Yeah, it
0: is. Um, and I mean, for me, it's yeah. I I can't see how they can necessarily. Um, I mean. They can justify it. The fans aren't going to be annoyed, and, and we, we said this at the end of last year when the Eagles won the flag. Their fans are going to be happy with them for the next three to four years, regardless. Yeah. So they can take some risks. Tim um, Kelly's a great fit for them. Let's not let's not yeah yeah it. Uh, yeah exactly.
1: It, they, they can win a flag next year with Tim Kelly, but we're now what we're talking about is that three to five year window. Yeah. They've got a lot of guys on long term contracts, <sighs> and you know they've signed McGovern, work. they've signed Gaff, they've signed. Um, uh, Darling all these guys have long term contracts they could potentially win a second flag next year um, and then you know what probably two, three years time they're going to be down on the bottom of the ladder regenerating they do, I mean West Coast do have a lot of nice talent um, in terms of like they've obviously got Brander and Oscar Allen and these sorts of guys floating around and petricelli has been good and Venables when he can stay fit looks pretty handy and you know, so they've got some stuff there to work with for the long term, but you're gutting your midfield chance right now. Um, yeah. Um, there's a quote. I was trying to um, find it in the background while I get to it, but
0: I, I've, I've written down the quote at a later time anyway. I just can't attribute it to anyone. Sorry. The quote is: uh, "You can always recover from a player you don't sign. You might never recover from a player you sign at the wrong price." And that's, prob- yeah. that's probably where I see this trade. Yeah. Um, it's a risk, a big risk, because of the amount paid. Um, not and because of the quality of the player, but the inf- inexperience compared to yeah. other players that could
1: potentially be worth that amount of money. It doesn't have enough runs on the board to be proven to be that. And it's like, the bu- it's like when the Swans sign Buddy. The only way the Swans win that signing is a flag. Yeah. And and at, to date, they don't have it. Yeah. So the same thing I'll say, as I said about that, I'll say this about this trade. The only way West Coast can justify this trade is a flag. Yeah. And if they don't get it, simple, they haven't won that trade under any circumstances.
0: If yeah. one, I guess, has one added layer of complexity that this doesn't, or two added layers of complexity that this doesn't, that was a free agency move, so they didn't have to pay... For him in picks and assets, which is good. But they lost cola. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. They lost a lot because of it. The other thing is that Buddy brings to Sydney and five extra thousand people every single game for the entire length of his contract. And now True. Tim Kelly's not going to do that. West Coast already sell out. Uh, he's, he's not going to change the amount of people that turn up to a game. So um, those I mean those are I guess the only other factors in that trade. Um, yeah. And I mean we'll wrap up
1: for now on that
0: this is like oh, our
1: before before we go there i, I do want to touch want to on gold Coast. Else. okay so right, the let's, go, let's get into
0: it.
1: we've hinted about the gold coast concessions um on other podcasts and i guess our feeling or my feelings are probably very well known um about uh, i guess manipulating the draft i, I really hate it um what the AFL has done with the Gold Coast. So the Gold Coast was given this year, they were given a priority pick before their first selection, a first round priority pick, which means it's pick one. Um, so they now have pick one and two. They were given a start of second round compensation pick, which was pick, uh, it'll be now pick 20. Yep. They were given next year's uh, pick 11, mid-round pick, which means that they... Um, uh, they, so next year they have a mid-round pick that's effectively guaranteed. You, you know where it's going to fit. Like the only way that pick moves is if there's a compensation pick in front of it for a free agent, which is unlikely, or there's some academy kids that get selected and that shifts up. Yeah. So um, really, really for the Gold Coast, they've got an asset that's locked in for next year, which is really valuable because... Most people, when they trade a future pick, don't know, but this they do know. Yep. Um, they are also given the ability to sign any of their academy players directly without having a draft for them, which is huge. It's massive. Make no mistake; they have now got the potential to sign a, a top. What is he rated? Top ten at the moment. The um the academy kid for next year. For next year, yeah. Uh, um, they've yeah. got a top ten academy kid from, next from year from Darwin from the new region is he from darwin yeah so that, that, that's well, a, i didn't think he was from darwin i thought he was actually in their academy and so. they but they've got they also got darwin on, as well so they've got access to malcolm Rose's jr who i really like this year yeah um uh it, it's these that that in itself is huge like yeah well i mean they've also got i mean bigger than
0: um malcolm Rose's jr this year is Connor um. So. Oh yeah, and he's he's yeah. expected to go what top thirty? Top thirty. Yeah. I mean, as early as twenty, but probably top thirty.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, when you when you add this all up, this is huge. Um, it's massive. Like the the impacts on the wider competition are insane. Yep. So, um, potentially, um. Yeah,
0: Alex Davies. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, so Alex Davies is from the Gold Coast Academy. There's also a player that's projected to go inside the top five who's in Darwin zone for next Just, year. So, so that, it's, that, a, it's that, another two top ten picks that they sign outside of the draft.
1: And realistically, the impact that this is going to have on the rest of the competition is you're taking away, especially being able to sign high-end kids outside of a draft, It's like when they got the 17-year-olds. It takes the top end of the quality of the draft away. And when you take that away, it means that teams down the bottom are the ones that ultimately suffer. Effectively, this compensation package, while it may strengthen Gold Coast's list in terms of um, talent, what it effectively does is it robs the poor. It robs the teams down the bottom to help a team that has got themselves into this mess, quite frankly, and... It effectively will now give Richmond and um, Collingwood, Geelong, Sydney, oh, maybe not Sydney, um, West Coast. It will give these teams another year or two at the top that they otherwise wouldn't have in a natural cycle where yep. it's uncompromised. Yep. So you have a, if you go back and look at the teams that are on the bottom of the ladder when Gold Coast and GWS own the draft and have a look at the teams that are on the bottom of the ladder today, you'll find that there are a lot of teams that haven't been able to bounce back up. And since then, which of those bottom teams that were there at the start yeah. have actually made a final series since? Yeah. St. Kilda haven't. Yeah, you're right. S- S-
0: St. Kilda haven't. Um, there's been a couple that have been able to get through it. Like Mel- West- Melbourne did? Western Bulldogs did. Dog- but um,
1: even the dogs, like, you know.
0: The, the, exactly. Like, I mean, it, it was definitely harder. You, you needed mm. to, like, Richmond were in the bottom
1: half, but they were, like, and they were able to work their way through it. It. Well, they you, were able you, to work their way through it by signing Suns players.
0: Yeah, yeah, I you know, know.
1: They got a flag on the back of signing Dion Prestia on the back of picking up Josh Caddy via Geelong and, and, Tom and Lynch this year was yeah. Tom Lynch. Like, Gold Coast has, don't get, don't get me wrong, Gold Coast has boosted other, other clubs. But at the end of the day, their issues, as we've spoken about before, are retention. And yes, longer contracts for draftees would be better and we support that. But yeah. it's not what we have. The, so if yeah. you can't get the longer contracts, I hate to tell you, stop complaining about it. F- try to fix the bloody issue. The yeah, issue your attention. I, I, what this, is it?
0: This is the, the thing that I found stupid about it. And I, I was a fan of them getting some level of support. Um, the thi- the thing that I found uh, a bit stupid with the way it's been handed out is that We haven't actually had time since this new administration has come in to see if retention is still an issue because the players that are leaving, so Jack Martin this year, Tom Lynch last year, Stephen May last year, were players that were all signed in the previous administration or before. So this new administration being due um, and the new list management team haven't actually had multiple years of losing lots of young players. They haven't. They haven't, they've been signing players, a lot of them. So that hasn't been proven to be an issue. So topping them up with more young players is, uh, I guess, an overkill. Because I, I don't see lack of talent being their issue. As no. you said, signing maintaining those players, signing them and developing them is an issue. But if we're saying that they've got those things off-field fixed, what you're effectively doing is just... Giving them more top ten draft picks so that when they get to the near the top, they're just going to dominate. Like yeah. they're going to have
1: heaps of top ten players. But but, but at the same time, it, they may not dominate because the what history shows is that they've got they've got a they've got to look at Brisbane and look at how Brisbane worked themselves out of it to this year, and I think they're doing a lot of the right things, but. We still haven't seen, you know, um, Lacocious King sign up. We haven't, se- sorry, we haven't seen a, a few others. And and I think with with the Ben King, it's pretty disrespectful at the moment to the Gold Coast the way, um, you know, St Kilda's pretty openly said they were going to go after him and and everything. And I, I find the AFL's rules that we don't have any, you know, tapping up rules like they do in other sports is pretty astounding. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, st- stuff like that's pretty unsettling to a player um, and to a club. You know, now they've got to go have a conversation with the management and say, you know, you know, is Ben happy? And uh, you know, da 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 da. And you know, it just it just really doesn't help any of them to retain. And then seeing that sort of flux, it really doesn't help them. But adding more players in there isn't going to help either. Yeah. So it, it's really just it's ineffective. I would have rather have seen them give them another two million dollars off the field. To go and hire the best welfare, to go get a compound in the Gold Coast where they can put all their young players, their first or fourth year players, to compound exactly a what? jail exactly <laughs> exactly what they did with with Western Sydney with up. break break point or whatever it was breakfast point yeah they 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 had a compound they had an area where they could all be together and link and you listen to the you even listen to Adam Tomlinson leaving the club and how devastated he was that he was leaving and the and the emotion and the attachment that he had. And a lot of that came from that camaraderie at the start when they were a, a young club with nothing. They don't have a history. They don't have this. But what they had was everyone living in the same place and everyone together. So you can build a bond. And, you know, like, I'd rather them see do that sort of stuff than, than go and hand out more draft picks, which will end up being wasted. and uh, They won't end up being wasted. Uh, I just, well yeah Well no sorry They won't have been wasted They'll be They'll end up on Victorian Or South Australian lists and, Yeah
0: uh, Well you know. I mean we'll, we'll have to wait and see If that's still the case um, <laughs> But As I said mate It's a new new administration the, This this administration Hasn't been using Losing young players It's been losing players That were treated badly By the previous administrations But yeah. We just There's not enough evidence Of that yet
1: So I, here's, here's my Here's my ultimate thing That pisses me off as well Your ultimate thing Okay They are in this situation because of their actions. So last year, I understand that, that, so my understanding is the way that Stephen May worked in letting Stephen May leave is that he was a free agent this year and they were losing Tom Lynch. So they said, well, if you want to go, you know, would like to know now. They put pressure to get an answer now and when they got the answer, they traded. Yeah. So they made the decision to trade out a contracted player who was their best defender, like we spoke about with Melbourne losing Frawley. Yeah. But they made that decision. Yeah. They made the decision, we're gonna get the best value we can now, rather than waiting twelve months. Well if they had to wait twelve months they probably would have got a pick <laughs> of three to go with everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they made that decision. They also made the decision to trade three second round picks for a future first, that's end up being pick nineteen. What'll now be pick twenty-one, which should have been pick nineteen, um, and um, like a pick twenty-something yeah. for for pick fourteen. And that's there, just like nowhere in the world is it smart trading fourth second-round picks or three second-round picks. For a first round, like that's not how you, you can't two second round picks for a mid first round is fine. Yep, yep. It, it, it just it, these are all decisions that they've made that have put themselves that gave them the weak draft hand. Yep, they gave them. You know, um, they they let these guys leave. They could have done the same with Jack Martin last year, but they were sticking to him to his contract, but not Stephen May. And yeah, you know, just all of it was just um, I don't know. It just really frustrated me and because they have contributed to their own demise and then to see them get all this for making crap decisions and granted they're not all the decisions that have been made by this administration yeah. Uh, yeah. but some of them have been made by this they're, administration they so. re- they're getting they're getting rewarded for poor performance yeah. not for bad decisions yeah they're, and I hate it yeah
0: um, and I mean, I, I'm look I'm I'm with you that it was too much you know that I thought that they needed some help but I definitely thought it was too much um yeah and uh, there's just actually flagged one more thing before we finish up was that one of the things that West Coast have been able to do well and this is part of the Tim Kelly deal is that last year they were able to take advantage of uh, future future pick trading and yes. live trading and everything so they actually had multiple second round picks last year and were able to get an additional second round pick from the Swans uh, in, in a th- for a third round pick so they, like a lot of these picks that they're trading out where it's actually like preparation um, for being able to land Tim Kelly this year so it's not I mean it's bad in terms of purely what we're measuring it on this year um, if you probably took it back to the origin of where those picks came from yeah, it's, not too bad. It's, it's not It's not. as bad so I, th- I think that potentially they can both win out of it um, West Coast they actually have to win a flag to win the Cats, yes. have, the Cats have just won long term for setting themselves up
1: yep absolutely um, and with that, uh, we'll end my rant on this. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's apologies, wrap Apologies, guys. No. Um, we'll that was, wrap up.
0: That was, it was good. We love to hear a, a Sean rant, especially when it's on his favorite topic, which is anti-Gold Coast compensation. No, I'm just yeah.
1: anti-touching the first round of the draft. Yeah, I know. Um, but with that, guys, thank you very much for listening as always. Um, we do appreciate it all. Apologies, we haven't been putting out a lot of content at the moment. It's usually the uh, biggest time of year but unfortunately at the moment we are both having a fair bit going on in our personal lives so yeah. um we'll give you an update on that in, in the start, next few start, it, start our next episode maybe not start our next episode maybe the episode after um i'll, I'll negotiate off here okay negotiate pick three yeah <laughs> all right guys thank you see ya if you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen you're not alone One in four Australians will experience anxiety. Know when anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life
0: beyond anxiety.